Leafs fam, hockey world. What is going on? This is the Leafs Convo Podcast. I am Norman James. So glad to have you with us for this final Monday before July 1st. By this time next week, we'll know where John Tavares is going to call home for the rest of his NHL career, most likely. Will it be Toronto? That is certainly the hope. Mike Augello is back from Dallas, Texas, where he was covering the NHL entry draft and doing an amazing job. He's ready to weigh in on the John Tavares discussion. I know we've spoken about JT ad nauseum, but let us have this, please. Mike's ready to go. I'm ready to go. You're ready to go. So let's Leafs combo right now. And we are joined by Mike uh, Jello. Good morning, Michael. And Tavares, 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 Tavares. <laughs> Good morning, Norman. Uh, yeah, it's uh, it's Tavares fever, and I, I think everybody is catching it. But uh, apparently it's limited to a small window of teams and our Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the team that we cover or follow or love. Uh, they're one of the one of those few teams. Well, within a week's time, we should know where John Tavares will call home for what will most likely be the rest of his NHL career. Mm-hmm. And at this point, we can speculate all we want, but really the only discussions we should be having are the merits of his suitors and who, in the end, will offer him the best package, money, environment, chances to win, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Well, it. If you look at the list, and I'm going by what Arthur Staple of now the Athletic, of formerly of Newsday, who's covered the Islanders, um, said last night, all the teams, with the exception of the team that he's spent his entire career with, the Islanders, are teams that are either on the cusp or are you know are are teams that can win conceivably in the next few years. It's Dallas. It's San Jose. It's the Boston Bruins. It's the Maple Leafs. Um, and th- I, I don't think that's a, a coincidence. I think it's the fact that Tavares wants to win. And uh, those teams have the capability to pay him what he is worth, but also give him a chance to you know, get the ultimate prize. And I, I, you know, he's apparently been offered an eight-year, $88 million deal with the Islanders but the question is even though they had a good draft even though Lou Lamorello is an extremely you know capable and uh, you know great Hall of Fame general manager you don't know where the future lies with the with the Islanders they don't have goaltending there's you know a number of contracts coming up besides Tavares I mean that's that's an uncertain scenario and the only certainty there is that he knows it's uncertain whereas going to Boston Dallas San Jose or Toronto it's going to be new but Mm. you look at all those situations and all four of those teams I think legitimately have talent on those rosters that could win in in the short term it is the Tavares watch brought to you by the Leafs combo podcast we've been on the Tavares watch for months Mike We've been anticipating this moment for quite some time. And mm-hmm. a, a testament to that is all of the Leafs Tavares related content that we have amassed that you can find on our YouTube page right now. Go to playlists. It is uh, entitled Tavares Watch. We have like 17 videos. Uh, all we do is talk about John Tavares because we know what we're talking about. Mike Godjello in Buffalo, Norman James in London, Ontario. So, Mike, let's go over the potential destinations for John Tavares and Mm-hmm. What would make these destinations uh, 
attractive to John uh, during his decision-making process. We don't know where he's going to land, but let's start with Dallas. Why is Dallas? And let's try to be brief with this, Mike. I, I know it's, sure. it's difficult, but what, what would make Dallas uh, a, an attractive destination for John Tavares? Well, I mean, it's, it's again, it's it, in all these scenarios, it's not going to all be on Tavares. In all of them, he doesn't have to be the savior except with the Islanders. Okay. Um, so. uh, D- Dallas has Sagan. They have, they have uh, uh, Jamie Benn. Um, they, they probably, ha- you know, they have uh, uh, Klingberg. They're, it's a solid team. Mm-hmm. Now they, you know, had some problems last year, but um, it's not inconceivable. And they, and they have cap space. So uh, now the thing is that Sagan has a contract that needs to be redone at the end of next year. And maybe if they sign Tavares, they let Sagan go. So mm-hmm. that's a little bit of a, a changeover potential, but there is a lot of talent there. But doesn't John Tavares want to go to a place where he knows there's an arsenal of talent already intact. And yes, he doesn't want to come in and supplant the, the current, the air and become the air, right? He wants to join a, a group of players that is on the precipice of not only contending, but winning a Stanley Cup. So, I mean, these are things that he and his camp and his crew would have to forecast in mm-hmm. deciding whether Dallas is the right destination. What about San Jose? It's, it's, and again, I, I tweeted out that, look, um, Toronto can't offer what L.A. and San Jose can offer in terms of the, the West Coast, the, the, right. the beauty, being in California. Hey, I'd, I'd love to live there, um, but... So Toronto can't offer that. Um, what what else can San Jose offer a John Tavares to get him to sign on the dotted line? Well, I mean, San Jose opened up a bunch of cap space to make it possible for them to to make a Tavar a legitimate Tavares offer. And apparently, you know, Joe Thornton is going to be back no matter whether they sign Tavares or not. So you're talking about a veteran core that came within a couple games of winning a Stanley Cup a couple years ago. So you're, you're talking Pavelski, Couture, Thornton. Now they've evan- added Evander Kane, Brent Burns and Vlasic, Martin Jones. I mean, that team is ready to win and they have the ability to pay Tavares. Now, again, if they do, they have a couple free agent guys like Pavelski and Couture who are up at the end of the year. And that might mean Tavares replaces one of them, but all next year Tavares with that current group could win a Stanley cup. So Boston I hear is a dark horse, a surprise contender, a surprise pitcher suitor for John Tavares services. Uh, there's immediate fear among Leafs fans that if this scenario were to actually come to fruition and John Tavares joined the Boston Bruins. I mean, it adds uh, another element to the nightmare that is the Bruins and, and and the Maple Leafs having to overcome them. Why is Boston uh, a potential destination for John Tavares? And and, and what would be the, I mean, what would be this, the seal of the deal to, to get John Tavares to, to go to Boston? I just see. I just think that Tavares would look at the Bruins in the sense that they have, you know, established players as we know, Marchand, Bergeron, Pasternak. Uh, I would think that 
you know, Tavares would be an eventual replacement for David Krejci. Now, I'm not looking, not looking at, our, at the hockey buzz's cap central or cap friendly. So I think Krejci has a couple years left on that contract. Um, you know, if, if Tavares comes in at 11 or 11 and a half million dollars, they're probably either going to trade or buy out Krejci and there are centers needed around the league. But the one-two punch of Tavares and Bergeron up the middle. And I, I can see all the attractive qualities that, that T- Tavares would see in Boston and vice versa. So, the, you know, they're on the cusp as well. So, And, and, T- and Tampa Bay cannot be looked upon as anything other than dark horse. I, I know that uh, they've been mentioned some places and not mentioned in others. I don't know whether they have the capability to do it with Kucherov's deal coming up next year. So that's that may be why they've sort of fallen by the wayside and Vegas as well. So who else do we have on the list of potential destinations for John Tavares? Las Vegas? Yeah, v- Vegas Vegas was supposedly um amongst the the short group but apparently they're not being included yeah. in the first round of of sort of uh pitches at CAA in Los Angeles uh, that are like apparently happening it's happening today. Can I editorialize real um, quick, Mike? I, Las Vegas? Sure. We love you. Congratulations on your run, but you never know what that run might do to your future. It may have been more of a detriment than a positive. Uh, you could finish 31st next year, and um, you're not going to have a, a lottery pick to help, you know, help your, your growth. Remember, you brought in a bunch of also-rans and got lucky. Congratulations. It's great. Um, there's no reason that one of the big free agents uh, in recent memory would want to go to Las Vegas at this point. So I think people just got the chill a little bit on Las Vegas Uh, and I'm, I'm proud of everything they've accomplished, but there could be a massive regression here. And I know George McPhee's walking around like he's 11 feet tall, but um, Vegas isn't a, isn't a town that eats a lot of humble pie sports wise. It it may be Mm -hmm. stuffing its face here in the, in the very near future and for quite some time. And to that point, that's one of the reasons why I don't think Vegas is going to be in on Eric Carlson as they were closer to the trade deadline uh, last season because they'd actually have to give up young assets that they don't have a ton of since they're yeah. now second-year team sure. to get him. If, if John Carlson had hit the market, that would have been perfect because they have tons of cap space. I think they would be in on Tavares because of that fact, but Tavares may not want to go to a situation where they could take a step down next year and he would probably be blamed because he's the difference between last year and this year. So I don't think there's a hunger for him. to. Go there. What about Montreal, Mike? Anyway, I don't want to, I don't want to piss all over Montreal and their fans. I, I, I honestly have a lot of respect for Habs fans because they remind me of Leafs fans, but where Montreal is right now is where the Leafs, were stuck and mired for a very, very yeah. long time. And I don't see Montreal getting out of the SHIT for a considerable yeah. period. So uh, best of luck to them. Tampa Bay, is that, a, is that a possibility? I think it's a dark horse. But again, I, I, I think with all the money that they've allocated towards Hedman, towards Kucherov, or then, that they'll have to against Kucherov uh, with Stamkos, I, I don't see how they make it work. I know they have some expiring contracts and maybe they don't want to re-sign Kucherov, but I, I would think that they would. And I know Tavares and, and Stamkos have a relationship, but I think they're, I think they're, it's not a, a, more of a long shot than a dark horse. I, I really think if he does not get, go back to the Islanders, which is the overwhelming favorite that the, the top two are San Jose. And okay. Toronto. So we we've, we've spoken about the, uh, the Islanders are connected to 
every other possibility. It's, well, if he doesn't go to Dallas, I mean, you juxtapose what Dallas is about with what the Islanders have been about. Let's just get down to the, to the real deal here. My question that I put out on Twitter, uh, unfortunately, some people just didn't understand how I, how I composed the question. And I don't know if they understand English or what, but I mean, I'm a writer and I know what I'm doing. So, uh, you know, that, there's my two cents. What that is absolutely essential can't the Leafs offer John Tavares, Mike? Well, I think that I think they can offer him pretty much everything that he is looking for if he is truly looking to move. If this is just a vanity exercise and he's just wanting to to see, okay, these guys want me, but I'm going to go back to to the Islanders because I feel comfortable. Then you know, then all these all these general managers and, and everybody are they're sort of just wasting their time. But I think if you get to this point, I think you know, I mean, that was that was the case with Stamkos. I really think he was intent on going back to Tampa and all this stuff about him being overwhelmed by the Leafs offer and the the mayor no. and the CEO of Canadian Tire was all BS. I think he was going back to Tampa and he just wanted to see what was what was being offered there. It, it, with Tavares, I think he wants to win. Um, the difficulty for Toronto is is that now you know one a number of people have put out the one year max contract uh, op- option where the Leafs have twenty almost twenty five million dollars in cap space and they can offer Tavares a one year deal at almost $16 million. I don't know why Tavares would want to do that. All the risk is on his end. And people have said, well, you could put another contract, an eight-year deal under the table. Well, that's cap circumvention. So if the Leafs did that, that they would they would get heavily penalized. And second of all, if he blows out his knee in December, there's nothing written down. So all the risk is on him. So I think the Leafs could offer him a you know seven-year deal at, a, at the same amount that that uh, that the Islanders are offering him, and that you know should know. be good enough based on who the Leafs are. Wouldn't it be sad if John Tavares chose to return to the island or go somewhere else, based purely on a couple million dollars? And other than that, it would have been a slam dunk for Toronto, but the Leafs weren't able to reach that maximum dollar figure that is probably going to be hammered home and emphasized to achieve by his management group. Wouldn't that be just a shame? This opportunity here for a guy, for a guy who grew up a Maple Leafs fan, who probably like a lot of these guys, Connor McDavid, um, Steve Stamkos, who wanted to be a Maple Leaf, then has this opportunity to become one, to play with a team that is right there knocking at the door of serious contendership. Where else are you going to play with a more star-studded, exciting, uh, effervescent uh, uh, group of potential savage superstars than in Toronto? He has to, sorry, Mike, and I know you want to get in there, but where, where, like, this is a, a wonderful opportunity to come home, make huge money, be, be, win a Stanley Cup, win several Cups, to, to rewrite history, to do something that is, has – has been has been defying the odds and has been so difficult to do for for years and that's bring a massive free agent homegrown talent a leaf or toronto talent back to toronto he's got all the opportunity in the world to do this but a couple million dollars are preventing him ultimately from from making his dreams come true 
and, and rewriting history in a positive way for the Maple Leafs franchise. Wouldn't that just be such a shame, Mike? And it's still that very much possible because money, money, money basically controls everything, unfortunately. In the end, I don't think it will be, you know, the $11 million difference if it's one year, you know, one year of the contract that will make Tavares go back. I've heard somebody say, you know, hockey players are the most loyal players in terms of the organizations that draft Why? them. So if Why, you go, man? I, I don't, I don't know. No, I, I, you know, I'm not saying they should be mercenary, but they move in, but they move in baseball, they move in basketball, I know. they move in football. Why, oh my God. Why don't they move? So I mean, I mean, there's an opportunity here. If Tavares now, this is the one thing I'm a, uh, that uh, hearing the news of it makes me a little, a uh, little, uh, you know, just a, gives me a little uh, feeling of uh, of uncertainty. Is that you know the report that Darren Drager had this morning that the Leafs part of the Leafs pitch to Tavares is to make him the captain of the team. I think that's sort of going to going to be like first of all i think that would turn him off second of all not not that he wouldn't want to be captain but i mean that's caught that could cause a whole ripple effect of problems with with austin matthews who everybody assumes wants to be the captain of the team yeah. I, I think that causes oh. a problem and does anything good but michael michael one, michael one more time yeah. sorry we don't know <laughs> We have no clue. That's the problem. We don't know what these guys want. And here's the thing. Oh, my God. I'm pontificating. But, I mean, it's our podcast. We can do what we want. And we're just absolute rising every time we do a, a cast. And it's just the best thing. But Kyle Dubas is the guy in charge of, of persuading John Tavares to come here. You can tell by the yes. – Kyle Dubas looked fantastic at the, at, the, at the draft, by the way. He just looked confident. He looked like he knew what he was doing. He was excited. He was pumped up. I, I'm just so proud of the guy. And I, I know he's going to represent the Leafs very well in this um, head-to-head with Tavares and his team. But this is the guy that all of the Leaf fans, mostly fans, are, are, are putting their hopes and dreams uh, into, you know, bringing about greatness for this organization. Let him go to work with Tavares. He, if he's offering Tavares the captaincy, he knows what he's doing. And there is absolutely yes. no way in hell. There's no way in hell that they didn't consult with Austin Matthews prior to this. There is no way in on earth Good or tell. in hell Good or point. in heaven or wherever that they would just offer John Tavares the captaincy and then make him the captain at, at the big press conference to anoint him a Maple Leaf and then go, you know, have somebody say, oh, Austin Matthews found out about this on Twitter. There's absolutely no way that that happens. And you have to think that Austin Matthews, who right. is 20 years old or 21, might believe that bringing in John Tavares to be the captain would be beneficial to him, beneficial to the team, beneficial to the, their prospects of winning a championship. And this would be, this would be a lot, you know, this would be beneficial pretty much all the way around other than uh, maybe bruising Austin Matthews' ego if he indeed does have an ego and does want the captaincy. This is, a, this is huge. And if it could mean for the Leafs cementing this guy, this John Tavares character, as a member of the organization uh, by giving him the captaincy and everybody's on board with it, then do it. Sorry, Mike. You can continue. No, no. 
no problem. It's it, the one thing that I think that Leaf fans and the organization are trying to avoid is a repeat of the Stamco situation. But the, the, the situation is completely different now than it was a couple of years ago because you remember when they were pitching Stamkos, this team was coming off 30, 30th place. They were going to have Austin Matthews, but nobody knew what Austin Matthews was. Mitch Marner had just won the Memorial Cup. So there were, the, the, you know, the, the team wasn't formed yet. Now you're two yeah. years later. You're you're in the mix to be a contender for for the Stanley Cup. You've got one of the best coaches in the NHL. You've got competent management. You know you've got cap space. You've got a group of young players. All this all this together. I mean, this is not the the landscape of the Maple Leafs two years ago. So that's in the Leafs' favor. And, and now if. Tavares wants to take on the challenge because even though the Leafs are there and even though the Leafs have support players and, and quality core, core players, you can't avoid what, what's going to happen in the Toronto media if he gets signed. He's going to be looked upon as the savior because that is what the Toronto media and the Toronto fans will do for a who superstar in player media who comes stuff? in. Who? Steve Simmons? Like, but again, though, it's Toronto media, Toronto media. Who? James Myrtle? Like, you go to bed at night feeling scared of James Myrtle. I mean, he's an amazing reporter. He knows what he's doing, but he's not tough. Like, I don't understand this toughness. Like, this, this whole toughness concept is just you, – you, you are not the sharpest tool in the shed if you are just uh, banging the drum as a media member, demanding your team win all the time. And if they lose, they're terrible. If they win, they're gods. I mean, we see that in Montreal. We see that in Boston. We see that in Philly. God bless them. But, you know, those are very tribal – um, insular cities. They're not world. They're not world cities. They don't. They're not the capital of of a, of a particular game. In Toronto, we see the game a little bit different. Here, we have a perspective on other organizations, other teams, the way they inter, intertwine and and how they're woven into what's going on with the Maple Leafs. So this this idea of toughness, like who Damian Cox, and I'm not. I'm not trying to. I'm not. Well, these guys are legends. But like John Tavares isn't isn't going to tell the Kyle Dubas he's not coming here because he's afraid of Damian Cox or Steve Simmons well, or who I, I don't know a lot of these millennial bloggers out there who are waiting for John Tavares to say something wrong to somebody so they can tweet it out real quick and, and look like, um, you know, they, they, they look like they're trying to save society. I mean, they're probably more dangerous than these old guys are, but this idea of Toronto media, like we're we know our it, hockey, Mike. That's the thing. We know our hockey. If John Tavares has a bad game, I'm not going to turn around and say he sucks or the deal was terrible. But this whole Toronto media well, narrative, there's the most media here. This is the capital of the game. But this, so and we understand who we're getting. We understand who we're getting. So anybody who's who's going on about Toronto media being tough, um, is is thinking of a Toronto media or a media style of the past. Now we're a lot more thoughtful. And a lot more understanding. We know what this guy's about. We know where he's coming. We know what he's getting into. We uh, we know the team that he's joining and how that team should be conforming around him. We understand the, pro- the the situation now. So this idea of toughness, Mike. I'm sorry. I see it and I hear about it. It's it's a complete. It's a com- It's it's so um. It's a lax fact and and it's 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 lazy stuff. There's there is no well, there I- is no heady or uh, heavy. Uh, detrimental, evil Toronto media. That 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 is nonsense. Uh, he could handle Steve Simmons and Damian Cox if those are the guys that everybody's well, worried about. Well, 
just to put a capper on this, I'm not saying that they're evil or, or hateful, or but there is, there will be pressure, and there are players who have avoided Toronto because of that pressure, because of the need, because of the the perception of them having to be the Messiah. Now, now the thing is, is that the Leaf organization in the last few years they protected their players better, and they've provided support for their players better. And I think those factors mm-hmm. will be positive column if John Tavares decides to come to Toronto. It's not going to be him on an island. He's going to have the support from Dubas, the support from Babcock, and from quality players on the roster. So we'll I think see we have a happens. better understanding of where the Maple Leafs are, what they should be able to accomplish if they bring in somebody like John Tavares, Mike. And, I, and that's what I'm getting at here. John Tavares, again... Things have changed. The, the complexion and the understanding of the game and the way we view the game, totally different from, from where it once was. You know, the Leafs uh, being a, a, a mediocre or an average team needing uh, Matt Sundin to be all-world all the time. When he doesn't, everybody hates his guts. When he is, people will accept it but are waiting for him to fall again. Right now where this team is, it's a collective. John Tavares is uh, an amazing player. But you could argue if he joins the team, whether he is the outright best player. Does he have more spunk in his game, more creativity than Mar- Mitch Marner? I don't know. Um, does he have a better shot from, from, um, you know, from inside 30 feet than Austin Matthews? I don't know. I mean, he he's, has contemporaries. So that'll take the pressure off uh, him uh, coming from – you know, sources who might believe that, you know, he's the Messiah or he's the guy that has to get it all done. And anybody who's thinking in that ilk or in that mindset, a lot of times is, is um, <laughs> I don't know, alienated by the rest of us who, who look at the bigger picture and the collective. Anyway, I dropped a lot of names there and I have, res- I have respect for every one of them for what they've accomplished. But, you know, this, this idea that, you know, Steve Simmons is waiting to pounce on John Tavares because he... Uh, he um, devised this whole hot dog thing uh, with Phil Kessel. That doesn't make him tougher. That makes him a bit of a you-know-what. And most people can call that out. So anyway, I think John Tavares, I don't see any reason why he shouldn't become a Maple Leaf. And again, I put that out on Twitter. What can't the Maple Leafs offer that other teams are offering? And it might be a couple of extra million dollars here and there, but at the end of the day, this is this this feels like it was meant to be, and sure, I could be brokenhearted here in less than a week. We we were with the Stamco situation, but you pointed out really accurately and clearly that what John Tavares could be entering with the Maple Leafs right now is a stark contrast from what Steve Stamkos was looking at with the Maple Leafs two years ago. This is the Leafs combo. I'm Norman James in London, Ontario. Mike Ajello is in Buffalo, New York. We've uh, eaten up most of our time talking about John Tavares. But you know what? Like it or not, I know people on, some people on social media want everybody just to stop talking about John Tavares, not to jinx it. Like, seriously, what, like, what do you have, the Ouija board out? That's not how it works. We can talk about it all we want, and we can pretend like it's not going to happen. And it will happen or it won't happen. We have nothing to do with it. All we can do is discuss the, the merits of the potential destinations and who we think has the most uh, attractive package uh, to offer John Tavares. We don't know where he's going to go. Real quick, uh, Mike, um, um, you, were, you did really well in, in Dallas, by the way. We should mention that your, your coverage was fantastic. Um, 
Bozak, plan B scenario for, for the Leafs, if provided uh, John Tavares chooses to go somewhere else. Real quick, I, I get on Bozak, but, you know, if he comes back, I mean, it's not like I'm, I'm going to lose sleep over it. Well, I, I just think that, it, you know, they have, to, they have to have some sort of battle plan if they don't get Tavares. And one, they're keeping their options open. They're staying in touch with, with uh, Bozak's representatives. I asked Kyle Dupas before the draft on Thursday uh, whether he would circle back or ma- he's maintaining contact um, with uh, the representatives of, you know, Van Riemsdyk and Komarov and Bozak and a few others. And he said, yeah, I'm, I'm maintaining contact. And he says, and we're going to stay in the loop. And and they apparently are, there've been reports that you know, Bozak's getting a lot of interest because the center market other than Tavares is very thin with Paul Stastny and, and Bozak. Bozak. And then this is the thing. I think Bozak is going to get three and four year offers from the teams that are interested. I don't think the Leafs are giving him anything more than a two year offer. So if the, if the, if the Leafs get him back, it's going to be on their terms. And I, I still think more than likely he's going to get an offer from somebody that's going to be double the length of what the Leafs are going to offer. And he's going to take that offer. So I don't think it's, a, yeah, maybe they, maybe they up their offer to three years. If, if the, the center market is completely dry, but I, I don't think Tyler Bozak's going to be back. Stick that in your Bozak and smoke it, Mike. And, and yes, that's, that's one way to play. Um, real quick, the the draft. Kyle Dubas, did you did you like the haul he brought in? I I, I like the first round pick of Rasmus Sandin and or Sandin. I've heard it pronounced both both ways. Um, I, I, what I what I thought of their draft overall, and I'm no draft expert. I'm going to have Russ Cohen from uh, uh, from Sirius XM do a little bit of a, an analysis of some of their picks. But there was a there was a great m- amount of familiarity in terms of the, who the Leafs picked. Sandine played for Sault Ste. Marie. So did their fourth-round pick, Mac Hollowell. He knows that organization very well. One of the, the GM of Sault Ste. Marie, I believe, was his assistant when, when Dubas was GM. Um, so he knows these players very well. Sandine was ranked around where the Leafs picked him at at 29 you know good skater good all-around defender so you know it's it's not uh it's not a uh an out of the out of the blue pick and the couple of the kids uh, Hollowell and, and Dursey the second round pick uh, that they picked from I think he was from Owen Sound they had at the development camp last year the mm-hmm. camp that I'm going up to cover uh, this week, uh, they had them both at the camp last year. They're uh, overagers, so they were familiar with these players. And uh, I mean that, so it makes a lot of sense that they were the picks. Are you into players. Super Mario at all? I, I no, have, I have no, I'm not. Daughter and a, and a, a six year old son, and they love Super Mario. And my daughter, she's they're really into the Leafs combo. They love Mike and Buffalo, by the way. They they absolutely love you, and they're so happy that you. Uh, got made it into texas and back without being harmed congratulations you did a great job by the way um but they they likened um jake gardner to king boo and the king boo is the king of the boos but there are lots of boos just of his you know the the same mold but they're not the king they all want to be king but he's the king and gardner's king boo and there are a whole bunch of boos within the organization who play the same kind of game and who want to be king and let's just let's just put it this way that Jake Gardner, um, considering his money, considering what he has left on his contract in terms of length and what he might be asking for coming off a career year, the king um, could be dethroned here, Mike, don't you think? 
I think it's possible, but I was discouraged from the point of view of people who don't want Jake Gardner back. That one of the things that uh, Kyle Dubas was doing, talking to Pat Brisson, uh, who's the representative for Tavares, uh, apparently he was talking about contract uh, parameters for Jake Gardner. Now, maybe that's the fact that how much does Gardner want? And if he wants too much, then maybe they uh, explore other options. But it appears that the Leafs are at least, you know, uh, researching what it would take to sign Jake mm-hmm. Gardner. And I, you know, personally, I think that's a non-starter. I, I, I think that there's better other options, yeah. but I mean, we'll see, we'll see what the next few weeks. Well, uh, I thought the Leafs could spend their money on John Tavares and then use Jake Gardner as trade bait to bring back a player who's a, a little bit more responsible defensively and then have, you know, the Morgan Riley's, the Dermots, the Zaitsev's um, you have Lilligren and then you have uh, Rasmus Sandin coming through the pipeline. So you have a lot of young Jake Gardner's who are itching and clawing to take on a role that Jake Gardner currently holds down right now. Um, so to, to sign him and have all these players of, of his quality or his style be behind him yet have a, a lack of defensive minded, young, tenacious defensemen who are rugged and heavy and who skate well, that, that is a bit of an issue. And, um, you know, I'm hoping they spend the money they could spend on another defenseman on John Tavares. But like I said, we don't know what is going to take place. We, we probably have to wrap it up here, Mike. But last thing, uh, last point, and then we're just kind of um, doubling back a little bit on John Tavares. Um, the, the report is that they were going to offer, offer him the captaincy. And I, I'm, I'm, I'm fine with that because to me, the, the whole concept of the captain and, and, and in today's, on today's sports teams, even in hockey, I don't really care. I mean, I want a bunch of captains out there. Um, and I, I really don't like to ha- have this hierarchical setup on the roster. I, you know, I, 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 again, I'm not for total democracy. Like everybody says, everybody who says anything uh, has the opportunity to, to have the last say or everybody's opinion means the same thing. It certainly does. But um, if John Tavares becomes the captain or they offer him the captaincy, and he turns it down and says, I still want to come. I don't need to be captain. Give it to Austin Matthews. I mean, that's if, if they're offering it to him and offering his asking for his ideas and opinions the same way um, they've certainly had to have <laughs> consulted with Austin Matthews prior to this meeting with Tavares, then that's fine too, right? Last point to you. Yeah, I, I think it's fine if, they, if they've approached it the way you've described, then I think it's fine if they just said we're going to do it and they haven't consulted with yeah. Austin Matthews. Then, and I, I think that this this organization has the foresight to not do that. But if they, you know, if they're just doing it as a as a plum, as a as a, an additional thing, and he's a leader, he's yeah. been a captain of the Islanders, and you know, he's a veteran guy, and there's, you know, I would think that the, the, there would not be a lot of ripples in way. It's just, you know, the assumption has been there that that. Matthews is going to be the team captain that maybe they think they think he's a little too young right now, but eventually he will be. Maybe that eventual will be five or six mm-hmm. years down the line. If they sign Tavares and Tavares uh, becomes yeah, captain. We'll see. Exactly. And if Kyle Dubas, the chosen one who we're all putting our hopes and dreams in uh, for this team and our faith were to not consult Austin Matthews and just make this fanboy captaincy pitch to John Tavares, uh, Kyle Dubas would have a lot of explaining to do, and that would show a real naivete uh, in his first uh, era or his first period as general manager. There's absolutely no way that would happen. And again, had he had he done so, that would also indicate that 
Dubis and Matthews are set for war or set for some sort of contractual um, posturing showdown. Uh, and so there is absolutely no way that is um, that would be the case. Clearly, he was consulted. Um, and uh, we'll just have to see what happens. We don't know what's going on in those rooms. We don't know how the pitch is being made. We don't know how John Tavares feels about everything. I mean, there are t- there's talk, there's um, rumors about his fiance and where she resides and where she works. I, I really don't want to get into too much of that stuff. I'd like to keep my fingers crossed that it's beneficial to the Maple Leafs' chances of landing the guy. But at the end of the day, we'll just have to wait and see. And as I've mentioned on social media, buckle up, folks. Enjoy the ride or don't. Michael, we got to go. Thanks, Norman. You can get at Mike on social media at Mike in Buffalo. We are going to do another Mike's Mailbag Q&A segment before July 1st. So if you have any questions related to Tavares, Jake Gardner, how the draft went for Mike, use the hashtag AskMike in the YouTube comment section or on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, We will get to your questions, add them to the queue, and we will answer them in the next podcast or two, but definitely before July 1st. We have a few Leafs Convo t-shirts remaining to be purchased bonfire.com slash TLC dash gear. I think there's like nine left we have like seven days to go in the campaign. So get them while you still have the chance. They could be sold out by the end of the day. And we hope they are because all of the proceeds raised 100% of those proceeds raised go to improving the health of this podcast that you know, you love and we love producing for you for Mike Ajello, I'm Norman James. This has been the Leafs convo. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.